Good burst here by Diallo. And he's found by Neil. Richard Clark and Sims are up there with him, but he doesn't need them. It is a glorious goal. Armadillo with a moment of magic. Hello and welcome back to the What the Folk Sunland Review Show. Ahmad Diallo. Ahmad Diallo. So good, I said it twice. It's a bright and sunny Saturday morning after Sunderland took a vital and hugely impressive win at Birmingham City thanks to two superb strikes and a resolute defensive display. And we're here to buzz over an absolutely cracking win before we head off to the World Cup. And um, It's just me and Dave today, but Dave, Dave, are you, are you all right? Yeah, very well. Uh, very, very important win heading into three weeks off and a, a run of one and ten. But uh, sorry, one and nine, two and ten now. Um, so yeah, really happy with that. It's uh, time to get excited about the World Cup. Not sure many people are seeing that across the world. No, I mean to be fair, I'm more excited about something to the fact that I messed up that intro by saying Ahmad Diallo wrong the second time. So technically, I didn't say it twice, but I'm <laughs> going to leave it in because I think it's quite funny. I've messed up about four intros in a row now, and I'm sick of editing them. So. I'm going to leave it. Um, but it, it was, mate, it was a cracking win. And, and I think it was really vitally important that we got a result. I mean, I was listening back to um, the Cardiff Review show that we did last week and and I was really downbeat and, and I'd been downbeat for a couple of weeks and with the Ross Stewart stuff and all that kind of stuff. And I was starting to get worried and I, I didn't expect it. Um, I didn't expect that performance. I didn't expect that result. Um, and more for me for, for not expecting it. But again, it comes back to the lads when we do get beat and I do get a bit upset because they've set such a high standard um, and they've done it again last night. But we're speaking at like just after t- like after 10 o'clock, we're sort of touching it a little bit, Dave, but as always, we have to start with it. How are you feeling the morning after? Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of different elements, an element of relief. I, I didn't fancy, for me, it was a case of not getting beat last night. Um, you know, we, we had to... We had to bounce back. And to be honest, I think you've said it there. For the last 18 months and, and starting through Alex Neil, you know, a, a lot of people have got a hatred for him. Um, ultimately, me and you think very much the same when it comes to Alex Neil. He's, uh, he's a good manager for this level. He's an excellent manager for League One level. Um, and he instilled and started a group of players who will constantly try and bounce back, who will not give up until the end. Um, and we've seen that time and time again for, for at least the last 18 months, to be honest. Uh, they've done it again. It's 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 a different type, isn't it? There was many a time with Alex Neil where we go one down and we end up winning the game or we equalise in the 90-odd minute. This time, it's that to be a slightly slower process. We're getting beat off Cardiff. We haven't turned in a very good performance. And, and there's going to be teams like that who are going to nullify us, unfortunately, because they, I don't want to do them an injustice, but they're, they're more workmanlike than some of the teams that we can play off the park. Um, and, yeah, I was worried about Birmingham, if I'm perfectly honest, because they've had a, a, good, a good run of games by the bit that, made me have hope last night was the fact that they had such a tough game against Swansea last week, scoring in the 90-odd minute to, to equalise and so on. I thought, oh, But they've got 
experience in abundance, the likes of Hogan and Danny Sanderson's there looking like he's enjoying his football. The two the two lads from Manchester United, they're very athletic. They're they're very, very in your face, which I think Tony Mowbray alluded to in his press conference. So yeah, overall, an element of relief, but uh, a proudness to be honest. I think to to actually bounce back, put in a performance, and I think you said it in, in the beginning, a resolute defensive performance. Probably not something you would familiarize yourself with someone, um, and because it, it's normally more a case of men who put in that type of performance, and we've got a lot of young, exciting footballers. So yeah. To get the job done when the when the fourth officials put in seven minutes of stoppage time up, interesting. Um, yeah, really, really pleasing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you touched on Alex Neal starting this kind of group of, of players. I think the biggest compliment I can give these players is that they've had knockbacks with the injuries, and they've had knockbacks with the man we've just mentioned going. I think credit goes to Tony Mowbray for like changing very little. Um, I know we were a bit critical of him last week and the, the subs he's made, and he's going to make mistakes. But I think if you told me we would have had the problems that we've had and be where we're at before the break, I think it's 27 points and 20 under Tony Mowbray, who I think I was at the time not massively inspired by, I would have, I would have said, well, that's really impressive. And I think um, it's got to be credit given to him and, and massively to the players who just keep responding to setbacks. Um, and I think it's probably quite easy as a a Sunderland fan that you've seen, oh, I've seen this before. Last night I was sitting there going, oh, here we go. I'm going to concede at the end. I can see it coming because we've done it so many times before, but I think it's credit to them that they're, they're probably changing the mentality of the, the football club and um, the players that are playing. Like, and I think that comes down to just hard work and mental resilience. I think it would be very easy to feel sorry for yourself with all the injuries that we had. And it'd be very easy to feel sorry for yourself after how crap we were against Cardiff last week and just say, well, you know, let's hope we can get a draw. The fans were feeling like that. I think all of us were saying, you know, fingers crossed we'll get a draw. I would, I said I would take a draw yesterday, um, but the players didn't do that. We had a goal. We had a game plan that was instilled very well by Tony Mowbray. He obviously did a lot of research on how Birmingham play. Um, we spoke about it in the, the post-match. And hey, you know what? Being a, f- a football fan is very fickle. Last week I was raging. Not happy at all, incredibly worried. And now I'm heading into a three-week World Cup break thing. And you know what? Get those players back, sort the home from out. <laughs> Why not go for the playoffs? And I think it's the first time I felt like that. And that's a testament to the players. And it's a testament to how good the performance was yesterday. But um, I like to keep the good stuff for the middle, but I'm not going to do that. I don't think I want to do that at this show. Let's just go straight for it. Um, Amadillo was outstanding last night. Um. I put up a tweet saying that was effing outstanding from Ahmed Diallo and it could have been any moment in the game that I put it. It was actually his assist for the first goal. Um, we spoke about it the other week. How we said, you know, maybe he's a luxury player that's not going to give you the... Um, or some people thought he was a luxury player that he's not going to give you that kind of like tracking back and the effort. And I said, I felt like he was he, he worked his knackers off every single game. Um, but how good was A, the goal, B, the assist and C, his entire performance, Dave? Yeah, he's um he's for for being a luxury player, he's got a he's got a grit and determination. You can you can see that in him. Yeah, I, I think the assist um 
probably shows that grit and determination because there's probably many a footballer, and I was going to say continental footballer, but to be honest, the English lads probably do it now as well. Um, he could have went to ground quite easily, but he managed to stay on his feet. He managed to shift the ball to Ellis Sims, and Ellis Sims has done. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? The other week we were whinging about which game was it, but Dejaku and I think it was Diallo as well, actually, both went to the near post of the keeper instead of going across. And Ellis Sims actually puts one across the keeper and ends up in the bottom corner. So the difference between having a centre forward and lots of kind of number 10s, really. Uh, so that was nice. That was very pleasing. And, and Diallo, yeah, tenacious, up, but with a, with a bit of final delivery as well, which was nice to see. Um, and then the goal, well... Yeah, how many times are we going to see this season? Or, yeah, how many times are we going to see this season that we get a mention on Sky Sports of a goal of the season contender? Because that's three for me now, I think. And every single one of those goals comes from deep inside our own half, shifting the ball forward. And to be honest, that the pass from the little bit of skill from Neil before he releases the ball is good. The pass is, he's, Dan Neal's very good at that. He sees a forward pass and he, he sees the space, which other people might not have their head up enough to do. But he um, he put it into an area. Diallo got on the end of it. And to be honest, I think the commentator last night said the touch before he whips it is unbelievable. And I'm, I think the reason that that touch looks good is because of how early he puts his left foot round it. It's absolutely unbelievable. And there could have been five John Ruddies in there and he wouldn't have moved still. So, um, yeah, absolutely love it. Great to see. And he's he's just buying into the whole club and the ethos and the fans, isn't he? You can tell him he's he's loving it and he's been he's loving being loved, I guess. Why do I always fall in love with the lone players? <laughs> <laughs> but but he has, you're right. I think he's you know, he's 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 responding to the fans and um, he's getting involved. Like I love the fact that he scored, ran towards the fans, and then thought, "I'm going to get in with the fans." And try Hume had to go in and be like, "I'm mad, come on." I love the fact he's getting himself poked in the eye. <laughs> like, um, but he's a cracking little player, and I think you could see that from the minute he stepped on the park. And I think there's actually a real niceness, you know. Like for the first time in my life, I felt like one of the more negative Sunderland fans sometimes, and I've always seen myself as a more positive Sunderland fan, but. Um, there is a feeling around the club where we're, I think we're, we're more prepared to accept the mistakes because of these young boys in the team are going to make them. Um, sometimes it can get really frustrating and I personally would like more experience. But when it comes to the likes of Diallo and Dan Neal, that goal is the exact reason why those players are going to have really good careers. I think Dan Neal, I mean, he, he, when he turns and gives the ball away and lets the entire opposition running on the goal, you get really frustrated at him. But when he turns an entire team round and puts an assist in like that and assist like you did against Red and you just go, oh, that's why I really like them. And I think I think with each of these players like Diallo, Dan Neal, yeah, they, they make occasional mistakes because um, they are incredibly young players. But most of the time, they're impressive. And I think for me, Diallo's goal last night was not a fluke. It wasn't like something he, he just hit and hoped and it went in. He knew what he was doing from the minute he got that ball at his feet. He knew exactly what he was doing. 
And I think that's just the sheer quality that's in him. And that's why Man United paid 35 million for him. And it's a big statement. But I think we need to be prepared that he's going to be gone at the end of the season because I think Diallo is Premier League quality. I I I just I'm not saying he's like maybe Man United quality as yet, but I don't see any reason why he couldn't go into like a newly promoted side and, and do really well. I think that's his next step. Um but so let's enjoy him while we've got him. But I think we're discussing all this positivity uh, that come from yesterday. And it's great. I love being positive. Um it feels so good. I don't like how I felt yesterday after the game. I'm, I'm delighted that I'm so positive, but I, I kind of forget that we went into yesterday's game with, shall we say, quote-unquote, a bit of an injury concern um, across the entire squad and suspensions. To list them, we've got um, big Dennis Sergen out. He's actually not that big. Um, Ross Stewart, Luke O'Neill, Linda Gooch, um, Aji, Dan Ballard, Mishu, all of them out. As Mowbray sort of said in the, the post-match, there's a, a full-back five that and a good full-back five that we could have listed in that team um, that you wouldn't have been like, oh, that's a weird back five. That would have been a standard back five. And yet, I think, apart from the one mistake, obviously, from Bailey Wright, which, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great attempt at a clearance, but I thought we were excellent defensively. I thought... Um, I thought Danny Barr, again, honestly, that if you took a, if you took a brick at that lad, I think you just head it back. Um... And I absolutely love him. I think he's tremendous. But how much praise does that entire backline deserve? We'll, we'll go a bit more in depth, I think, on Niall Huggins. But that whole backline, Trihume included, who himself hasn't played a great deal of football. Yeah, massively. And again, that, like you said at the beginning, and, and Mowbray said in his press press conference at the end, we knew what Birmingham were going to do. They were going to get the ball quickly at pace and then get people in and around and run beyond the back four to deal with that with with probably a back four which isn't used to each other with someone who's been out injured for a year with someone who's just learning his trade marshaled by Danny Bart. I mean, Danny Bart is the one... If if we're all disappointed that we've lost Roscoe this year, which we are, the one person you wouldn't want to lose would be Danny Bart because he has been absolutely immense. Uh, an old-school, solid defender who just heads things for fun and likes that physical battle, but is really good looking with it. That's not something you normally get with a centre-half like that. But, uh, you know, it's like he's like a really good-looking Tony Adams, isn't he? Um, so yeah, <laughs> I swear to God, if, if if that's if that's not the insert from the show, if that's not the headline, then I'm I'm absolutely gutted, man, because I've I've pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> good looking Tony Adams, bless Tony. <laughs> I tell you what, Danny might be a good looking Tony Adams, but he can't dance like him. He's I'm a telling ha- you that for free. He's a handsome boy. He's a handsome boy, is Danny Bot. But he's the kind of person that I'd be quite nervous to tell him that in case he just wallops me one. There was did you see the moment yesterday where he, I don't know who he put a tackle in on, but he put a tackle in on someone. And he must have hurt his nads. Because he was like holding his nads and he was like, oh. But he held he was dealing with the pain of hurting his nads more than better than anyone else on the planet. Like if you get hit in the nads, you're like, oh, and you're on the floor and you, you kind of acted up a little bit more because like, you've been hitting the nads. He just kind of went, ow, <laughs> ow. And then in the background, I think it was Hogan's just like in a pile on the floor. <laughs> it's like, but he's just, you're right though. Like, you know, he would, I think he'd head a brick. Like 
And I think um, I agree with you. I think if Ross Stewart's our most important attacker, one of our most important players, which I agree, Danny Bart's at least a second. I mean, he's just he's just been solid. Like, I think I was prepared for him to be a little bit slow and maybe some attackers to do him for pace and stuff like that. But I know we haven't kept that many clean sheets. But imagine how many goals we would have conceded without Danny Bart being there for me. I think you know, it's a bit of a meat point because he, he is there, but I just think he's been an absolute colossus. Um, some say underrated, I think, or, or unrecognised as much, but I think people are starting to notice how important Danny Bart is and um, absolute kudos to the recruitment team for bringing him in on a free transfer because he's absolutely class. Um and he's not old either. He's what twenty nine, thirty. So there's there's plenty time in from there. But someone else in defence that I've got to be honest. Like I was reading how long he's been out because we've been speaking about Niall Huggins been out for a year. He hasn't. He's been out for fourteen months. His last performance was the twenty eighth of September two thousand and one, a five 0 win over Cheltenham Town. Now the things that have happened since then, since he last played a game, like we actually got beat off Cheltenham like six months later or something like that. So it's been that long since he's played a game. Fitness is going to be massive. I think that's enormous. But I think his mentality and his mental strength to get on the pitch. I mean, he went into a full-blooded into a challenge and caught himself in the ankle and he got up, got on with it. He played almost 100 minutes. Look, looked a bit shaky. Not shaky. He looked a bit... Um, He made one or two like my, minor errors in the first half, but I thought for him not playing for 14 months and to play almost 100 games, 100 minutes, sorry, I thought he was absolutely terrific considering he's right-footed playing at left-back. How big of a boost is Niall Huggins' return? Yeah, massive, because we also know that he brings um, he brings a versatility, doesn't he? he? He can play, I'm sure I've heard him like playing in a hold and midfield role as well, but like Tony Mowbray again said, He's an athletic lad and he, he must be athletic to actually come back in after 14 months and complete 100 minutes. I tell you what, there's not many professional footballers doing that ever, you know. Um, and I'm I'm pretty confident that Tony Mowbray wouldn't have wanted to do that. Um, but if he's getting the signals, if he's getting the data off the vests and stuff, saying that he's coping well with it, then why not keep him in there? Especially as he knows he's got three weeks off after, so that probably makes it a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, a massive boost because not only his versatility, from what we've seen of him, and we can't go, we can't go too over the top because we haven't seen too much of him. But from what we understand, it was another player that we signed from a club who were like, I can't believe we're letting him go. This is unbelievable. Which we've had a few of them through the door, which is always pleasing to see. Um, and yeah, looks like quite a classy footballer, uh, as well as the fact of being athletic. Um, listen, if if that's how he's performed after fourteen months out, imagine how he's going to perform after fourteen months in the team. You know, it it can only get better, surely. So, uh, yeah, a positive, one of many positives to come out of it, considering. A lot of fans were probably quite downbeat before the game yesterday with injuries and suspensions and not wanting to go into a, a World Cup break, having lost however many in 10. Um, just another huge, huge positive, I think, definitely. 
I think it's massive, like that that feeling of going into the break. And I think the Cardiff game, I was like, oh no. And I said, Huddersfield Cardiff games minimum had to be four points for me. And then it wasn't, it was three. And then I was like, oh no, like get beat at Birmingham, only draw Birmingham, which I take. Then you're looking at like only one win and four. Now we're looking at seven points um, from the four games before the World Cup break without injuries. And all of a sudden, something are back in form. Um, two wins away from home, two really impressive wins away from home in very different circumstances. Yep, not a great performance against Cardiff, but a well-deserved point in Luton as well, who, let's be honest, you know, Nathan Jones had them playing well at that point. Obviously, you've gone to Southampton for a reason. Um, so seven points, tremendous. 27 points before the break. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to completely get rid of all the negatives that I've felt recently because ultimately that's where we're at and I'm delighted with it. Really, really happy with it. And I think we can push on with the, the injuries coming back. Um, before I move on to someone else in the defence who I thought was excellent, I thought we were great going forward, by the way. I don't think there was a bad performance, but there was some really outstanding performances. Um, but before going to one player that I think has been excellent all season, uh, massive shout out to Tri Hume for his goal line clearance. Tremendous. Um, I thought he was excellent last night and I'm definitely on the fence on, on whether I think he's going to be someone who can mould himself into the team, especially with Gucci O'Neill and now Huggins available at right back. But I thought he gave a really good showing of himself yesterday. He really showed himself to be capable as a championship right back against a top 10 team in Birmingham. Um, and just more of that try, pretty much. I won't go overboard on it, but I thought your goal line clearance was excellent. I thought he played really well. And I think you showed me and probably a couple of other fans that you've got a lot more than what we think you have. But um after being so concerned last week, I must admit, I'm delighted to only be picking positives out and I'm not going to have any negatives at all. Um, but one player that I want to really single out for praise, and I singled him out for praise in last week's defeat when he made a fantastic save, Anthony Patterson. Um, he pulled off two huge saves last night. The kid's outstanding, I think, from where he's come. If you think where he was last season, like at this moment on loan at Notts County to where he is now, like his stature has just grown so much without many people really noticing. It's only when you sit and think what how comfortable you are with Pato being number one. Um, I'm not going to go overboard and say he's England's next number one, but there's a lot of Pickford-esque things I see in him. It, how high is Pato's ceiling, Dave? Who knows? It, it's a it's a weird. It's a weird breed of goalkeeper we got now, isn't it? Because people like probably starting back Claudio Bravo and stuff, not the biggest goalkeepers in the world, but they're almost and and Patlow is a little bit different to Pickford because Jordan's just tapped. Um, but they're, they're almost a little bit kamikaze. They they don't they always say with goalkeepers that you're either a genius or you're an idiot. The, there's no in between. You are rather an overthinker, or you don't think at all. And if you look back at some of the goalkeepers across the the way, it's probably very true, isn't it? The likes of David Seaman, very articulate, very intelligent. But then you've got the likes of Pickford, who in his own, I'm not saying he's a stupid lad or anything like that, but he's kamikaze. He's like, I'm in your face. I'm a little bit raj. Let's just let's have it. Um, definitely make a montage out of that somewhere. I'm sure. But yeah, we're, we're part of he's. I think that was what was impressive. It was the save in the first half, wasn't it? Was it just before half time? Where, yeah, exactly. Where he's he's just 
it almost reminded me because of the era that I grew up on, Schmeichel, when Schmeichel was coming down on a centre forward. I said that. That's really weird. I said that. Like, he made himself so big. Yeah. It, it showed you the angle from maybe what Hogan would have seen, sort of. And the goal looked small. And it wasn't. It was it was wide open. Yeah, um, that's, that's literally how I called it. Like, as I watched it, I was thinking, oh, Jesus, he's through. What a time to concede here. And he made himself absolutely huge. He was on top of the ball. And Hogan, you saw Hogan, he walked away. Oh, God, I can't believe I've missed that. So kudos to him. And then after that, he just seems... He seems a little bit quiet and reserved as a human, doesn't he? So, and and he listen when I was stood outside the the players' entrance at the stadium, like against Burnley, I saw him come out, and I'm like, I'm six inches taller than him, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, the bloke's absolutely tiny. So, yeah, I suppose he's got to be selective with his battles, but he did seem more commanding yesterday. He's only grown and grow into it. He's yeah, I, I think there's a there's a very good goalkeeper in there if he's not already one, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think he's excellent. I think he's definitely proven himself to be a very good championship goalkeeper. Um, there's occasional mistakes. I think the, the QPR game where their goalkeeper scored when he comes and goes back uh, and stuff like that. But for, for a kid of his experience, which is not great, he wasn't even playing first-team football this time last year, apart from Notts County a couple of games, to where he's at now. And I'm thinking... He could be a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, he's impressed me that much. Talking to Scott Hogan, by the way, big tough man shouting at Try Hume on the floor when he's injured. Loser. That was total loser behaviour. Scott Hogan, who's like a 30-odd-year-old journeyman, shouting at a 20-year-old Northern Irish kid when he's on the floor. In terms of negatives, there wasn't any. Got to be honest. Maybe there was. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not bothered. I'm not doing it this week. But... To find a little bit of balance and then chuck in another positive, been a heck of a lot said about Ellis Sims, but he bagged a much-needed goal for him and a really well-taken goal last night. Are fans sometimes a little bit too harsh on Ellis Sims? Man, I just love his hair, so he, he's he's good in my book. But no, I, I said it earlier, didn't I? The difference between having a, cent- a natural centre-forward and having all these kind of number 10s and so on, it, it makes a massive difference because ultimately they know to get the head down, get the laces through it, shoot across the keeper. Very good finish. He's been asked to do probably more than he should be doing for how long he's been injured for in the last three games. <clears throat> he's done it. He's given us a focal point. Yeah, I think Mowbray probably got it wrong against Cardiff starting him. I think he would have been better holding on to him for the last 20 minutes. And and um, bringing him on and, and changing the game a little bit like he had done previously, but yeah, it's just another positive to have back. It, it's kudos to to someone like Ellis Sims that we almost set we almost set out our plans at the beginning of the season that we would play with one centre forward, and that being Ross Stewart, and again something else from Tony Mowbray's pre- post match yesterday was. He's got a problem. When everyone's back, he has to find out how to put all these attacking players into the same team. He's probably not going to be able to do it. But it's uh, it's not a bad case to to have players on the bench who can come on, make a difference, who can be rotated regularly and not disrupt the flow of the team. And yeah, it's uh, I like Alison's little little wobble dance when he scored. Uh, just 
What's that? Um, to be fair, I think what's really important for Sims, strikers feed off goals. Every striker's confident when they score goals. I've never seen a striker that I think looks massively confident when he's not scored in like five or six. Like it's just the way it is. It's you thrive off scoring goals and and you build confidence from that. He can now go into that World Cup break and come back in three weeks thinking, well, I've got one since I've come back. That's one in two starts. That'll be fine. That'll, that'll do me. Um, I think, you know, he's going to be happy with getting on the score sheet. He hadn't scored since August because of obviously being out with injury. And he started two games and he can, well, I scored one in two out of two starts. That's That'll be wonders for his confidence. And it takes a bit of takes a bit of pressure off his shoulders going in. But I thought he had a good game. Um, I think it was so expectant of strikers that can hold up the ball, turn the defence, be fast, be just really good that because Ross Stewart has completely spoiled us. Sims is just not that bloke. Sims is a handful. Um, he's someone who will get us further up the field. Um, Ross goes much better. But it doesn't mean that Ellis Sims is a poor player. Um, I think Ellis Sims has got a lot to give us this season. And um, if we were, based on what I've seen so far, if we were signing permanently, depending on the price, I wouldn't have too many issues with it. I think it's a really good, different option to Roscoe. Um, and I think, you know, in the, for the games he's played, he's, his goal returns, not not horrendous, not too bad. And um, I think that goal gave him a lot more confidence. I'm, I'm quite the fan of, of Ellis Sims. I quite like him. But um, in terms of the World Cup break, obviously we've got three weeks to a game now. Um, chance for most of the players to get the feet up and rest, apart from Bailey and Jewison and Benetti. Um, not exactly excited for the World Cup, I'm not going to lie. And I'm, I think many people know I'm a massive England fan. Um, I will be watching the games, but we... We normally do the major tournament um, podcast, but I, I don't really want to support it, if I'm honest. So we'll not be doing anything um, specifically supporting the World Cup in Qatar because I don't think it's the right thing. Um, I won't bore you to death with why. I'm just not. Um, but what we will be doing, we're going to come back and, and not rest up ourselves. We're going to come back with a couple of special shows during the break. Um, some that will be a bit silly. Some that will be... Um, going back in time to more um, memorable games that we've had. And and some looking at this season as well and, and kind of an overview halfway through because you don't really get much chance to do that. So we will not be disappearing completely. We'll just be obviously moving away from um, the World Cup in Qatar being played in Qatar. We'll not be supporting it. And obviously we have to move away from current Southern games because we're not playing. But um, lovely to be able to end on a win, um, which is great. Um, it's exactly what all of us wanted. It feels really good. The positive, the negativity from last week is completely gone for me. I've now got three weeks of positivity with things to look forward to. Um, and ultimately, that's that's what we all wanted. But um, Dave, thanks very much for, for joining me, mate. And it was only me and you this morning, but that's fine. Nice to do a Saturday morning one, wasn't it? Definitely. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, a little bit different. Uh, not waiting until 10, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, but... Uh... Yeah, very enjoyable. Most most importantly, because of the result, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I never ever say this or promote it, but I've noticed some people have started to unsubscribe. So I think my stuff is shite. Um, <laughs> but if you want, please like, share, and subscribe. I think it is. Um, but on a serious note, things you're not liking, things you're getting bored of, things you want me to change. I said it last week. The show is 100% for you. Thanks as always for joining us um, for the first part of the season. Hopefully you enjoy the, the winter break, the winter break, the World Cup break um, shows as well. And um, we'll be back on December at some point.
Um, but Dave, thanks very much. All the best, Smith. Thank you.